You're listening to The Lively Show, episode 292. Welcome to The Lively Show. I'm your host, Jess Lively, and this podcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra presence to your everyday. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. Today's episode is brought to you by Vray and Oro. It is a new sponsor I am so excited to share with you guys. They are a thoughtful, fine jewelry company based in Los Angeles, offering everyday jewelry that you can wear, like the pieces that I wear. And also they have wedding collections for engagement rings and those sorts of things as well. Their values and the way they've created their company are so cool and so aligned for so many people that listen to the show and also for myself as well. Having been a jewelry designer and now traveled the world collecting jewelry, they have hit so many of the values that myself and many of you may also share. So let me share a little bit about them. They're a sustainable jewelry company. They use 85% of the gold that they use. It's all solid gold, but it's 85% recycled. Even their diamonds, they're sustainable diamonds. They're grown with solar technology and are 100% traceable and carbon neutral. So if you're interested in your diamonds and where they come from, this is solar powered diamonds. They're created by solar power totally carbon neutral in terms of the manufacturing process, and they're created in downtown Los Angeles. So it's super cool in terms of the values and the things behind the company, but I also, when I was looking at the site, was amazed by the number of pieces that are identical to pieces I have myself, including my grandmother's diamond I had set in a six-prong setting. They have that same style themselves. I had to make it custom because I didn't ever see anything like that before. And also, I've been on the lookout for stud earrings to match that diamond necklace with a six-prong gold setting. They have them. I'm so excited when I get back to Detroit. I am so excited to start wearing them. They're waiting for me there. And I'm just truly amazed by the initials that are just like my grandmother's vintage charm that I've been wearing on my charm necklace. They have those. They have so many pieces that are just like ones I already own or like I said, ones I've been looking for and on the hunt for with these you know, values of sustainability created in Los Angeles and the solar power. It's just such a cool company. Their company name stands for Truth and Gold, and you can go over if you want to place your first order. You can get free shipping by using my code. So you go over to truthandgold.com slash lively. That's gonna direct you over to Ray and Oro, but you just have to type in, instead of trying to remember how to spell the letters of the words, just say truthandgold.com slash lively. That's gonna give you free shipping off of your first order, and you can see all of the pieces that are there. Like I said, if you're in the market for an engagement ring or just beautiful pieces you're looking to gift or get for yourself for the holidays, I'd highly recommend you check them out. In addition, this show is also brought to you by FreshBooks. FreshBooks is bookkeeping software that I love using. I've been using it now, it's almost 2019. So it has been almost seven years of my life and my business using FreshBooks. They have made it so easy to do bookkeeping. I love using the software. I love logging into my backend. I love that the app and the mobile functions of the site are also so great and easy to use. The company themselves, if you ever had to work with them, are delightful as well. They're a Canadian-based company and I just love their staff. I love the product they've created and I highly recommend it for any creative business owners that need to keep track of their invoicing and their expenses, etc. It is just so simple and straightforward and pretty and streamlined and everything that a creative person that has to do with their books would like it to be. If you'd like to try it out for 30 days for free and see if you like it as much as I do, you can go over to freshbooks.com slash lively. 
Again, that's freshbooks.com slash lively. That'll give you a free 30 days to give it a shot and see if you love it for yourself. Now for where I am, I am in Sydney. I am back in my apartment. It has been so cool to see all of the wonderful feedback that you guys gave to the episode that I did a few weeks ago sharing my next adventure in Detroit. So cool to see your messages and see how many of you resonated with a solo style show again after doing so many client sessions. And I'm excited to come with you today and talk with you in the same kind of off the cuff, totally unprepared style of sharing that's kind of like, here's what's going on in my life. And also here is me being a guinea pig. Maybe I'm like not an Abrahamster so much anymore, but maybe I'm like an Eckhart Tolle hamster <laughs> or a bit more of the turquoise hamster. I am the guinea pig, if you will, for this stuff and trying to share with you guys as I go forward in my own life circumstances, how I'm learning to surrender and allow in my life. So yes, it's still flowing just like season four, but in a more open-ended way in terms of the mind and the visualizations or specific outcomes that I've had in mind. I've had some big open-ended questions arriving in Sydney around my apartment and the stuff in it and what was gonna happen next. I knew the Detroit property manifested super flowing and super magically, but there was a lot of unanswered questions coming back to Sydney. So this episode is going to share with you everything that's happened all the way up until literally this morning. So I recorded this this morning and some of the details that I'm about to share with you in this episode also just came into shape this morning. So it's obviously kind of a real-time unfolding adventure that I'm sharing here with you and I hope you enjoy it and of course can find ways to adapt the principles and the mindset shifts I'm making if they resonate for you in your own life situations. Of course they'll look different for you but some of these principles of terms of letting go of the control from the mind and allowing through the inner being and being open-minded to outcomes are super powerful and I'm excited to share with you. Let's go to the show. Okay guys let me share Again, no notes, just talking with you spontaneously and free form here on this episode, just like we did the other day. And you guys loved it hearing about Detroit and everything. And it was so cool to see all of your wonderful messages on Instagram, may I also say, sharing the love for this move and how this is all unfolding to and through <laughs> the human mind that is called Jess Lively, the persona of Jess Lively. It is so neat to be able to share all those details with you and just be able to connect with you guys and see that you guys love these solo episodes as well. And I am going to continue to intersperse these solo episodes in with the client sessions. This is feeling really fun and fluid and flowing. And I have something new to share with you. One of the unanswered little unfoldings that was happening after all of the Detroit things was my situation here in Sydney. What was going to happen with the apartment, the stuff, and how is this transition between everything that was the old chapter and the new chapter going to unravel, unfold, or flow into one to the other? So again, this is kind of awesome because... I am, like we've said on Spiral Dynamics episode, in this kind of burnt yellow, edging, budding into turquoise, but ultimately the mind of me will never really enter turquoise. My awareness will shift, just like all of our awarenesses will eventually shift from the point of view of the mind or the egoic persona, as Eckhart Tolle calls it, to the awareness of that inner voice. What I believe ultimately happens over time as an evolutionary transition that our species makes in different points for each individual, just like a flower, if you put them in the ground at the same time, won't necessarily all bloom on the same day, like day 17. They'll have a little bit of variation in terms of those seeds from that. And also in a forest, there's different 
ages of seeds at different places in their own development. So I think our planet, just like our plants in the nature of the forests and the jungles and everything, bloom and are in different phases and cycles of their plant life. I think that's also true here in our humanity as well. I think that the nature is not that much different than our human nature. And when it comes to this kind of stuff, everyone's on their own journey and their own cycle and place in the evolutionary process. And to me, it's not even as the point of view of the human age of the body or the age of the mind, but really the soul that's been incepting into multiple bodies. Now, I know that's really crazy out there for some people, but I'm just sharing what resonates most deeply with me. And if this isn't resonating with you, that's totally wonderfully fine. All good there. Take what you like from this episode. Leave the rest that doesn't suit you. That's totally fine. But what I'm excited to share is kind of walking through this process, not just with the client sessions, which are wonderful, but also what does it look like for a human to go between that yellow to at least wanting or desiring to enter that turquoise realm of spiral dynamics. If you haven't listened to that episode, I'd recommend you go back and do so. And we'll put a show note link in this episode for you so you can go listen to it so you know what the heck I'm talking about. But for anyone that's taken C-School or taken any of my recent classes, you know we talk about these colors often. And it's just basically the transition between yellow and turquoise as a quick summary is yellow as a level of consciousness is the quantum living jest, the season four jest that you heard that talks about law of attraction and Abraham Hicks. That is all wonderful, well, true, good, and real. Like I, there's no questioning that that works and that that did not reap incredible benefits in my own life and others that have taken flow with intention as an example as well. I deeply loved that phase of my life. It brought me so much joy and understanding about our reality to a greater degree than ever had before, and yet I wasn't done there, nor is it necessarily done for anyone. It's just a phase. It's just a passing through, just like turquoise will be in any unfolding, unending levels of consciousness, whether those future levels incept into this planet, into a human form, that I'm not so personally sure from the human mind of Jess Lively sure about. But eventually, I think we stop coming into human form as the consciousness rises like in a few stages from here, but who the heck knows? I know that all I can share is from my own experience and resonation with the yellow phase of the mind egoic mastery. As I may have mentioned, I worked with an enlightened woman who's in her 40s. She's American, lives in Bali, and I had a session with her, and she was so fascinating during this phase I call my dragon phase. She said it's not uncommon. It's a part of the Buddhist path that she's been exposed to through her own journey to her own realization and said, you know, it's the mind mastery phase. That was for me what the quantum living phase was. I wanted to know how to get the most out of my mind and how to be able to create my life using my mind rather than physical efforts as much as possible. And then as I got enough of the rewards from that place and point of view, I realized that, as I've said before, I had stopped efforting my physical hustle manual labor, if you will. And of course, manual labor is kind of relative here, right? Because it was basically stop answering emails for a million hours a day or stop working really hard on the computer because it wasn't like I was doing manual labor. So when I say alignment before action or not about massive action, I was still taking action. It just wasn't really physical, but it was this hustle mentality in terms of number of hours worked. That used to be an old way of seeing things. That's that level orange in spiral dynamics. Then I went to yellow after green. 
blah, blah, blah. But the point is that yellow, I found I was efforting my thoughts and I was efforting my mind just as much as I used to be efforting my hustle and grind. (laughs) And that even got too much. Like I didn't even want to do that. And at that point, that's when the egoic mind mastery phase had found its completion within myself and my own life. And I was ready for more. I was ready for what was beyond the mind because also in studying the mind to the extent that I did, I started to logically arrive at the conclusion through studying the mind. The mind itself came to the logical conclusion that there is so much more out there beyond the mind and what we quote unquote traditionally call intelligence of the human animal. (laughs) I was just like, wait, wait, wait. Abraham Hicks is way smarter than any human I've ever heard speak before. So how do I get access to that level of consciousness, that level of point of view that's so far beyond the typical limitations of a human, egoic, fear-based, separated sense of self perspective. How do I go beyond the mind? Because that's what I want next. I logically know that's what I want next. And that's where turquoise is that next level after yellow, what I perceive it to be about. Let me say just Lively's take on turquoise. This is not speaking to anyone else's. I'm not quoting anyone else. I'm just telling you from my place as I stand where I am and my truth and perception of reality that turquoise is this transition of our awareness and consciousness to be more fully realized just as simple, straightforward, direct consciousness and also to that inner voice that I've been working with people on season five to connect to. So to me right now, the every level of consciousness up to yellow, including yellow, is the awareness, our consciousness, our awareness, our ability to be aware of our existence is directed at all levels up until turquoise to the mind. So the awareness that we are aware of The fact that we are the animating force of ourselves is mostly being dominated by the egoic mind persona, the persona that we could call Jess Lively, the persona that you would put on your bumper sticker or on the hello, my name is sticker, the things that you would describe yourself as. If you believe in something like past lives or reincarnation, as an example, then whatever the hell you describe yourself as is essentially a past life that hasn't died yet. So that part of us is really just a past life that hasn't died yet. It's not really what we are. It's just an aspect, an experience that what we are is having. So the consciousness is really what we are, and it is having the experience of Jess Lively in 2018. And in 2000, let's see, 10, it was known as Jess Constable. So like, right, it's just this persona that thinks it's consistent, but really is ultimately... Uh, will die. Like, by the way, the mind and the persona will have its own death. So the egoic mind fears death, but it's really fearing its own demise, which we could go into for a long more time. But let's just go back. So anyways, going beyond the mind, how do we do that when we're still in the mind, but we're aware that there's more blah, blah, blah. That's what I am interestingly walking into and can share with you guys as I'm seeing it play out in my life. I also love so many resources out there for this stuff. There's so many great places, but the truth is it's mostly men. Not entirely, but mostly. And you know what? I'm not a man. So we're going to go with this. And you know what? It's kind of nice to see this in a different point of view, a different flower. 
there's many flowers, you know, people that have become enlightened and that's wonderful. And I think many possibly more are actually female that have come to this realization, but there's not that many on a stage or there's not that many with a microphone that are being interviewed about their experience. Yes, we've got Byron Katie, love her. She's been on the show. We have Pema Chodron has not been on the show, but I would maybe put her into this category as well of women on the stage that are sharing from this place of perspective. But either way, I'm just a regular old muggle walking through this bath right along with you and sharing how I'm learning while my consciousness is still primarily diverted to the mind, how I'm learning to uncouple my consciousness from the mind with as much compassion when it gets caught in it as I can muster and really just walk the path with you side by side. So as my Instagram thing says, we're waking up, let's do it together. Here's what I'm sharing with you in terms of how it's unfolding. So we've heard about the Detroit stuff. We've heard about how I surrendered, surrendered all of that stuff and how that came through in this really unexpected and beautiful flowing way. Well, what was remaining, we've talked about the visa situation and all of that in the last episode, but I think I only touched or tangentially grazed upon the lease situation. So the furniture in Sydney and the lease, what was gonna happen with that? That's what today's adventure is here to share. So as I went in, let's say, let's do a contrast of like yellow Spiral Dynamics Jess and how she would have approached it, season four Jess, and season five wannabe turquoise Jess and how she's approaching it. All right, so if I was to do this a year ago, The way I would approach this unfolding was to decide what I wanted the outcome to be, which was, let's see, for this. Okay, I move, I signed my lease on November 14th. So I would say, okay, I want to end it in Sydney before I go back to Detroit. So then I don't have to pay for rent and mortgage at the same time. And I'd like to, I don't even know what I, I guess I would have some kind of idea of what outcome I'd want for the furniture that I have here in Sydney. I'd have an idea of that. And... It's so funny. I have not even thought about this as far as like what the ideal outcome would have been. Otherwise, to say it would just be easy, simple, and not spend a ton of money, which actually were the only things I really did think about in Turquoise Jess. Now, but Yellow Jess, if she would have come up with all these details, I probably would have written out the ideal plan and would have wanted to happen on paper because then it integrates it into your physiology, blah, blah, blah. Then I would have visualized it and thought about how good I felt during it, blah, blah, blah. And I would have, yeah, probably spent a week or two meditating with it in my mind and feeling the feelings coursing through my blood, et cetera, et cetera. And I would have tried to see how it would happen. And then I would spend a lot of time doing rampages of appreciation, which is just typing out things that I appreciate on my computer and looking at my energy and alignment and making sure that I was as happy as I possibly could be and ramping up my energy every day to like the fullest extent. That would have been how yellow season four Jess would have done it. Season five wannabe turquoise Jess has done it a little differently. I did kind of think, yeah, it'd be nice not to spend a lot of money (laughs) on a mortgage and a rent at the same time. And I did think I wanted it to be easy. That I knew because the whole lease situation, just like the visa situation, had never been easy. Even though I love my place that I stay in, I love the apartment itself. I love the bathroom. I love the light. I love the energy of the space. I love so much about it. I love the property management. I've loved the other people that have been involved for the most part, but there has been one aspect of it that's been very, very difficult, or at least especially my mind has made the story very difficult. And 
that part was not easy and I'm not going to go into it, but let's just say, just like our visa guy from the other episode, there was another character involved in my story that was just like either the worst manifestation I'd ever had, or he was also my fairy godmother in the case that I wasn't supposed to stay in Sydney. And this person has made it very easy for me to want to get out of the situation. So let's just put it that way. I'm not going to go into all details, but I'll just leave it at that. So I've had a lot of great people I've worked with, but also have had someone that's been very difficult to work with in different ways. And with all of this said, I wanted this lease to resolve itself. Now I had a lease until February 14th. So that would have been three months after the signing and closing of my property in Detroit. So Detroit property closes November 14th. I'm flying back to do the closing next or two weeks from now on November 13th. So I wasn't sure with my lease what I was going to be dealing with in terms of like, could I get out of my lease early? Could I not? How much money would it cost to get out of it, if any, et cetera? And also, what the heck am I going to do with all this furniture here in Sydney? Do I bring it back? Do I sell it here? Do I donate it here? Do I give it to friends? Do I put it in my new apartment or condo? Do I What do I do with it? So as I arrived back to Sydney just about a week ago, I had all these conflicting emotions. First of all, I'll give you guys the story. I came back and I was like, oh my gosh, it's summer here. It's getting really nice and warm. And I know that Detroit's getting cold and rainy. And I was like, what am I doing? Why am I moving to Detroit again? Oh yeah, the mind didn't choose this. This is the soul's choice. (laughs) And here I am in beautiful, beautiful Sydney and just going, well, maybe I'll keep a place here too. Maybe I'll (laughs) get another apartment that I can rent and then I can Airbnb it to you guys when I'm not in it and I'll be able to escape the cold winters up in Michigan. Whenever I feel like it, I'll come back down to Sydney. That was the first human mind Jess thought. Then I got here and was here a little longer through the day and then I was like, wait, a lot of the places and people that I was really close to when I was here the last time, those places and people have moved or shifted or some of my favorite places have closed down. So it wasn't quite the same experience as I had had previously five months ago. So I went from like, oh my gosh, I need to be here forever. What am I doing moving to Detroit to this place isn't really for me either now. I know the energy shifted. It's time for me to move on. And so then I was like, well, what the heck do I do with this stuff? So there's all these questions. And then I went to sleep within that first or second night here in Sydney. And I have gotten into the habit lately, especially with the time zones and jet lag. But even before that in London, I've started to have this interesting experience. And I wonder if it has to do with a spiritual unfolding as well, where I find myself waking up in the middle of the night And I've been walked through, I guess you could say, because it's not really, I'm like half asleep as it's happening, but there's been some really powerful experiences that have showed me and walked me through different points of view or perspectives in my life and helped me shift my point of view and perspective on life in different ways. And in this example, in this exact one that I'm speaking to a few days into being in Sydney, I heard the word host. Now, of course, I could have done the inner voice work, right? Like I do a season five people all the time. I just say, shut up and listen. If you have a question, why are you in the mind trying to answer it from the mind? The mind is not where you get the answer for things. But it hadn't crossed my mind to ask the inner voice about the furniture. It just, and like what was going to happen with the move. But that said, it didn't mean that that question wasn't on my mind, in the mind of me, and that I didn't actually still receive an answer. But it was at two or three in the morning or 1240 in the morning, sometime early in the, like after three or four hours of sleep, I heard host. 
simple, straightforward, and it's just one word. So you'd think like, okay, well, what does that mean? And if you get a word like that, just ask more questions. But when I heard that word, I knew what it meant and it wasn't what my mind had previously through the day or two beforehand been contemplating before the mind of Jess Lively thought, okay, here are my options. If I had options, keep this apartment in Australia. Option one, get a different apartment in Australia and keep my stuff here and Airbnb it out when I'm not in it. Option two. Option three, fly my stuff back and put it in my new apartment or condo in Detroit. That was option three. Okay, those are the options that I was contemplating. Or maybe option four would be like, donate all my furniture. Option five, find someone that wants to buy this property. Because by the way, may I also say one of the difficulties along with the visa situation was that the owner of this property has been trying to sell it the entire year that I've been living in it. So I've had many, many showings because they have been happening two to three times a month for the entire time that I've been here. So two to three times a month, I had to evacuate my property or my apartment for a half hour for people to come look at it. One time I was meditating, deep in meditation, and someone walked in in the middle of the meditation, which was not actually during a listed time. And I was so discombobulated and disjointed from the deep of my meditation that I left. And it was just like, there's just been a lot of stuff, let's put it that way, dealing with all of these real estate agents showing this property throughout the year. So I also thought I could possibly, maybe they'll find someone that wants to buy the place and wants to buy all the furniture in it. And then I could kind of have an Ann Arbor 2.0 experience where I liquidate everything in one fell swoop. So that was kind of an option as well. But when I heard the word host in the middle of the night, just one word, but it was clear with that word what it meant. What I was hearing was host, host an Airbnb, but it wasn't in Sydney. That mind of me, of Jess Lively, had never considered the fact that it could be to host an Airbnb in Detroit with this Sydney furniture. And it was so perfect because the minute I realized what it was telling me, everything else made sense because I had this knowing. I had a knowing that my logical mind did not understand at the time, but I just knew this furniture, even though the layout in Detroit is very similar to this layout, it's actually identical with more square feet in Detroit than here, lofted, modern, blah, blah, blah. I knew this stuff was not meant to be in the Detroit condo. Logically, it didn't make sense because I bought all this beautiful furniture. I love Australian design. I love this furniture. Why wouldn't I want it in that place? I couldn't tell you why in the mind, but I knew in my intuition, in my gut, that it wasn't for that place. This stuff was not for that place, but I didn't logically understand why. And when I heard the word host, and then I saw the clarity of, oh, this stuff is for the Detroit Airbnb, which two weeks ago I told you, what did I tell you? Oh, I want to have Airbnbs in Detroit so you guys can go enjoy Detroit. <laughs> but I never logically, in the mind of Jess Lively, come to that until the inner voice told me that's what it was. And I was amazed and relieved when I heard it because it then made everything clear in terms of why did I not want this furniture there? Interestingly, even just the wood tones, my property in Detroit has, I don't even know what color it is. It's like a dark wood. I forget what color. It's beautiful, dark wood in the kitchen. The furniture that I have in Australia to its entirety is a light maple wash which the frames of my artwork, the chair legs, the tables, it's all this light maple because that's very common in Australian popular and Scandinavian design too. It is not that color in my Detroit place. So even the furniture tones did not match up. But 
It just logically, I couldn't figure out why. This is why. And also, what a beautifully simple unfolding. While I was here, I kept thinking maybe I just like had the, this is like just before the word host. I was thinking maybe I just need to let it go. Maybe I need to give it away or I need to sell it to someone else. I just maybe wanted to manifest the ability to you know, design with Australian furniture and then, you know, then it went away. And I kind of thought, well, that's a really expensive manifesting, like, okay, I love decorating, but man, that's pretty costly if I'm not going to take this with me. And I spent all this money on this beautiful high-end furniture. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Universe, if this is what you wanted to gift me with is this really expensive, fun project that I then leave behind, I'm willing to, I trust in you. I had trust in abundance and the inner being guiding me, but hey, this seems a little excessive. (laughs) Let me also say, I found myself at one point in decorating the Sydney place. By the way, I'm rambling again, but hopefully, like last time, you find this enjoyable to hear in the spontaneous friend style rather than formal style of teaching. But I was here in like February, March, and I was getting silverware. I was buying the silverware for this place. And I remember deciding instead of picking gold silverware, which I'd never had, but had always thought I'd want, I ended up knowing or choosing black silverware for this place. And I thought that was a bold choice, something unusual for me. I never thought I'd ever choose black silverware over gold, given the option, but I just kind of felt like it was the right thing. And I remember putting the silverware away in the drawer, thinking to myself, this place, it's beautiful and everything. And I was loving everything that I was putting into it. But I kind of had this feeling of it doesn't feel like home. It doesn't feel like home. And I don't know if the black silverware had anything exactly to do with it. I know it needed to be black. I wanted it to be black. I didn't want gold. So blah, blah, blah. All that's true. But I didn't feel like it was home. And then at the time I thought, oh, well, this could be because eventually maybe I'll buy this property and I'll Airbnb it out. And so it's just my first Airbnb. But again, always considering the Airbnb in Sydney. And so I just kind of thought, oh, that just might be why. But now that I look at it, looking back, I had the joy and privilege of buying all of this stuff piece by piece, moving in with a suitcase to create a beautiful sanctuary for me and myself at the time. And I also, at the same time as I was creating it, had this awareness, this knowing without the mind mentally understanding why, but this knowing that it didn't feel like home, but I kept going with it because it was still the right thing at the time. Then I knew it was time to leave the place as I traveled because I didn't want to stay through the winter of Sydney. And then coming back, not knowing what was going to happen, looking back on it, guys, what I did without realizing it, when my kind of higher self, my consciousness, my soul, whatever you want to call the inner voice, all of it was guiding me, though the mind in Jess Lively as a persona didn't quite understand it. was I got to have the privilege of creating a beautiful sanctuary for myself that would later would be enjoyed by you. It would. It's going to. It's going to be in Detroit. I didn't know that until very recently. It was going to be in Detroit and not Australia. But also, it is beautiful. And I didn't have to do it for work. I did it for myself, right? It was like the pleasure wasn't in the creating of it as, at the time, this like clearly obviously this is for the business or whatever. It was like, I got to buy this stuff because I loved it. Not because I thought, oh, this is the right business decision. This is the right like sofa and rug to get for an Airbnb property. It was because I loved it. I got so much more juice and satisfaction and alignment out of creating it for myself rather than thinking about creating it specifically and exclusively for others. 
So now that I'm taking it to Detroit, what a beautiful thing. The work, quote unquote, that it would have been to create an Airbnb out of nothing there I don't have to think of go onto a registry or like go buy all the silverware as an example and go, okay, so what is this Airbnb and what do these people need? No, I already did it, but I did it from a place of what do I love and what do I want to have? So this stuff is beautiful. It is perfect. It is so right and perfect for everyone else to still enjoy. I just didn't have to see it as a work experience. It was actually through the joy to appreciate myself, to live in the Airbnb, if you will, myself, and then to share it with you. So in terms of finding the removalists, as the Aussies call it, the movers that are going to go like ship it from Australia to Detroit, I think I did a Google search in London. And just in case you're curious on how do I surrender and deal with things like that logistically, if you're surrendering, how do you know how to surrender and take action as well? Well, the thing that I did was I searched for it, I did do a search quickly, and I found this one that had a lot of aligned numbers. <laughs> we talk about aligned numbers in the other episode around the Detroit property, how many fours I kept seeing. Well, on this situation, in terms of the movers, I kept seeing a lot of aligned numbers in their website, even like the customer reviews, like 88% recommended it, and there was another 8-8 somewhere else on their site. There's just a handful of them, and I had a good feeling about it. It was the only site I looked at, but because I saw the aligned numbers, I didn't overthink it too much. I just felt good about it, saw the aligned numbers. I use the aligned numbers, just in case you're wondering, as a little token, a little Easter egg in my life that kind of is a possible hint or clue from my inner being directing me towards or being on the right path or in alignment with something. So when I saw that, I thought it was a good sign and I figured when I got to Australia, I would give them a call and see how it went. Well, I had a lovely time with Colin, the person that came over and did a quote for me. I had no idea what it would cost to get this stuff over to the ES and what would be involved. But in the process of getting his quote, finding out it was much more reasonable than I assumed it might be, and also that I could get the majority of the stuff over there very straightforward within a two to four month window, which now if this stuff was going to go into my actual apartment, two to four months to wait for my sofa, my bed, my mattress and all that stuff would be a very, very long time. That would not necessarily be the most aligning experience to wait so long for so much stuff. However, because it's going to be like my inner voice said, host, because it's going to be for that, I now have two to four months to let the perfect property that will be right to Airbnb show up for me when I get to Detroit. So I have no rush to get the property, nor do I have a rush for the furniture to arrive. So I get to trust that that will work out in its best and most effortless way. So that's the stuff and that's where it's going and how it's gonna be used. It was also interesting because I had shared the other day when I did the episode for you on my birthday that I had this dream of like just owning an entire building (laughs) of Airbnbs. And though that might one day be the case, maybe one day I will have an entire building of Airbnbs and you guys can stay in all of them and I'll decorate each one in a different color like like I thought a few weeks ago. What I had also floated into in London on my birthday, actually, right after recording that episode with you, I have this lovely friend, Eileen, who is uh, Scottish, and she met up, came in from Edinburgh to spend the birthday with me that day, and she did a tarot card reading for me around each of the business ideas. So there's like seven ideas. I floated most of them by you guys through that episode I recorded the morning before our tarot card reading. And I have to tell you, I am not the biggest tarot person. I'm more of into aligned numbers than I am into tarot. 
but I found it really helpful doing it with her and surprisingly straightforward and grounding. So funny you think tarot is like gonna take you out there into woo-woo land, but actually the outcome of the energy of the cards for each of the business ideas was incredibly clarifying and incredibly grounding in terms of what to focus on in the next year. And I don't remember the card deck or the card, so don't ask me about that stuff, I don't remember, but the thing I remember, the temple of Airbnbs I wanted to create, was that in that part of the reading, she showed me the card that came up for that one. And one of the cards in that stack or line of cards was literally, it was so perfect for this specific business idea. It was like a branch that had a castle kind of like a small mini castle on top of it. And the castle had a giant lightning bolt through it. (laughs) But around the tree branches, aside from the big castle with the lightning bolt kind of electrocuting and frying it up, were all these little homes hanging off of the branches, almost like little birdhouses. So imagine lots of little birdhouses hanging off of these tree branches, but this one big castle looking thing in the middle with a lightning bolt in it. What I saw immediately when she showed me that card was, oh, this big property that's like, I'm going to own the building and have all these different units in the same building. That was the big lightning bolt (laughs) strike through. (laughs) Not that. But what it did show is all these cute little birdhouses all around it. So what I kind of took from that card intuitively, immediately through my own looking at it directly was like, oh, okay, so it's not going to be this big property or this big single you know, building, it's going to be a bunch of little units. It doesn't need to be one big building with multiple units. It can be individual places. So they could be, maybe I have Airbnbs around the city in different places, or maybe it's just like the big point was there's only going to need to be one unit at a time. So either way, that was very clear from the reading and it kind of aligns with everything that's come up to now. Okay. So as we can see, I, in the mind, had no idea what was going to be the best unfolding, but I was working on surrendering and allowing this to be easy, fluid, and flowing, and I didn't have a direct idea other than I wanted it to be easy, and I wanted it to be as affordable, roughly speaking, as possible, but I wasn't attached to affordability. I didn't have a huge fear or story around the expensiveness. Like Part of me was surrendered to if this was just an experience to decorate and then let it go and then do a new one fresh start in America, so be it, whatever it was going to be. But then I heard the word host in the middle of the night. I used the aligned numbers to pick the right movers, and I've had a great experience with them so far. Have never second-guessed whether I should have looked into other movers or other quotes. Not in the least. Like, I definitely love the people I'm working with. And... I figured out what to do with the furniture and what a beautiful thing. Like now once the property is figured out in Detroit and once that magically appears, however it does, the furniture is already done. It'll be like set it and forget it. Like I've already done the work, quote unquote, and it didn't even feel like work, quote unquote, because I just had the fun of doing it for myself while I was here. So that was awesome. Then it was about the lease. Like what's going to happen with my lease? Now my lease, like I said, ends February 14th, which is three months after I'm flying back to close on my Detroit property, November 14th. So as I said, there's been some kind of like visa-esque, like frustrating experiences with someone that was either my fairy godmother in the case that I wasn't supposed to stay in Sydney, or it was just the worst manifestation the mind had ever created. Well, like I said, one of the annoying things that has been frustrating and something I've had to deal with is the fact that the property's been on the market 
as I've been living in it. So that's been frustrating because at different points, they've had buyers that want to move in right away. So they're trying to buy me out of the lease, which now would be a welcome thing. But at the time, I wasn't that welcome to it. I was traveling and I did not want to have to liquidate everything or do everything while I was abroad. And that actually never came to pass because I have a binding lease. So that was keeping me safe in terms of they couldn't actually get me out of my lease, but they could incentivize me out. But they never wanted what my incentive would have needed to be at the time to allow it. So here I am now going, okay, now I actually want to get out of the lease. What happens once I want to and they don't have a buyer that wants to move in? What's going to happen now? So over the weekend, I had found the quote was so reasonable in terms of shipping my stuff from Australia to Michigan. So I was like, all right, that's a go. That's easy. That's flowing. Got the new property. But do I move the stuff right before I leave or do I move the stuff in January or February and come back for it? What do I do in terms of when the stuff gets moved and also Do I end the lease and just pay some penalty if I need to, to end it in November and just be done with it? Or do I keep it until February and maybe while I'm gone, someone does wanna live in it, does want me to move out sooner, and then it's easy. What is gonna happen? So I let it go through the weekend, decided that I would talk with the property management and everything on Monday to see what the options were. Well, call them and tell them the situation. And then they said, okay, I'll call you back. And so they looked into the situation with the real estate agents and all the different people that have become involved in this property and the trying to selling of it and the property management of it, et cetera. And I get a call back about five minutes later hearing that because the place has been on the market and is still on the market, I can put my notice in. And then as long as it's within two weeks, I can leave without having to pay anything. Now, I had no idea because when I looked at the contract, that wasn't apparently clear to me that where I was looking in the contract, but that was the case. That is the case. And it turns out that this thing, this whole like fear of kind of being tried to get bought out of my property, the you know interruptions of my daily life with all of the showings and the meditation and all these different things, all of this hassle that I've had to deal with because the property has been trying to be sold this whole time has actually now been the divine grace that's getting me out of it And look at the timing of this. Talk about flow. My lease happens to end on the 14th. Okay, so that's, I've paid my rent up until November 14th. My closing date in Detroit is November 14th. My flight to Detroit is November 13th. I have someone coming to stay with me until November 12th. So November 12th, when the person that's coming to stay with me goes back to the U.S., I will have the movers come on the 12th. I will fly out on the 13th myself and the property will no longer be my issue at all on the 14th, the same day that I close to the day of the Detroit property. Not a day will go by where I don't have a place to be, but also not a day will go by where I have two places I have to pay for. So it's so amazing to me. It's not even like the date was the 11th or the 1st or the 31st. It happened to be the 14th. And this is, you know, set up over a year ago, this like 14th date. And here I am a year later. And just because of the way the timing works out with the property in Michigan happens to be the 14th. And of course, as we remember from last week, everything about that property was all about fours. This is November 14th. So it's 11 14, 1114, 18. I love it. I cannot 
tell you how aligning and how relieving it is to feel the clarity and the peace of mind that's going to come with being able to fly out of Australia knowing that all of the ducks are in a row in terms of the property here and that the new chapter gets to begin so seamlessly into the future in Detroit. It's truly amazing. And I love that I can always come back to Sydney. There's nothing about Sydney that's not going to still be here except my furniture and my apartment. But I can always stay in other Airbnbs. I know the area very well, so I can pick a place knowing what's around it and where I'd like to stay. And also, I know that I have a new unfolding of one of my little Detroit businesses I shared with you guys, which will be this Airbnb property, which also will be a place I can have friends and family come to stay in as well. So it's just so neat that that part is already taken care of. And now I get to move back to Detroit or move to Detroit, I guess. And I get to unfold whatever that property will be decorated as. And it's so interesting if you guys are curious on that. I love decorating, as you guys can tell from Instagram. It's just my favorite personal passion. I just love beauty and I love spaces. And beautiful spaces are just so, so satisfying for me in every way. I can tell you it's so fascinating. I do know there's a specific sofa that I ironically saw here in Sydney at the West Elm in Sydney, and it had that dark wood that's the same as my new kitchen. But I remember when I saw it right after I'd bought my gray sofa for this place, I loved it so much, but the wood was the wrong tone and they didn't have that light maple tone for the base legs and the legs. It's called the Harmony Sofa in West Elm, and it has this really long, straight-lined base. So it's not even like little pokey legs. Like These are like long bases of legs that are very noticeable. It's part of the design feature, but the stain was not right. And so I was like thinking, maybe I could get them restained or sanded or something into a better tone. But actually, now what I realize is I think that's actually the sofa that I would later decorate with in the Detroit property. And so this current sofa is going to stay in the Airbnb. So it was actually kind of, I pre-shopped that piece of the apartment. And I have a few ideas for some of the elements that I'd like to have in the new place. But as far as like most of the pieces, I have no clue what that place is gonna look like so far. I have kind of ideas, but not really. And I find it kind of interesting to be in this open, minded, open-ended unknown in terms of decorating and how that place will take shape and what it will actually look like. Time will tell. It'll be a fun adventure to have. And right now, that's not the adventure that I need to have. Right now, I can just appreciate my time here remaining in Sydney in the beautiful place that this has been and then get excited that the removalists, so the movers are going to come on the 12th, the 13th, they'll fly out. It's just so incredible the timing of this and also the ease so you guys remember I said the only thing I really thought of is it would be nice to not spend a ton of money but I also was surrendered to you know what it might be that I have to pay all three remaining months of rent and that case that would not be ideal but so be it like I just want peace and ease I want it to be peaceful and I want it to be easy I even remember thinking, I don't even want to think about like packing stuff. I don't have too much stuff here, but I didn't even want to deal with much of that. And the great thing is the removalist will do it all for me. So it really is going to be peaceful and easy. And the fact that the dates line up so perfectly to one another with the property from one to the other, that's truly like the universe really taking a bow <laughs> like at your service, my dear. And the fact that my inner voice has been guiding me and I haven't had to visualize this or plan this or even, you know, try to get to the highest level of frequency and alignment. I just kind of kept surrendering with an open mind, surrendering with an open mind, being open to any option, being open to if it did mean that I was supposed to, you know, 
sell or give away the furniture here in Australia, or if it did mean that it was pay the three months of rent and give away all the furniture, right? Obviously not the best financial situation, but if that was what it was meant to be, I was going to surrender to that. I just didn't want to have any resistance to whatever it was going to be. And I'm so appreciative that it's unfolded so beautifully. And in a way, my mind could not have imagined. It maybe could have found a way to hopefully have arrived at some kind of outcome like this. But truly, I didn't ever think of exactly what had happened would be possible. I didn't think it was. So what I guess this is to say is that it is possible while you're still mostly using your awareness to your mind to allow openness and not be so attached to the mind's perception of what the outcomes need to be that you block out the potentials to unfold around you in other directions and that you might get the word host. And it's just one word, but it tells you everything you need to know that you never mentally could have thought up at the time. But it gives you all the clarity and direction. And then by surrendering to any outcome, just hoping there would be flow because really the flow is as long as you don't resist the outcome. So if it did turn out like I'd have to pay the three months of rent, wouldn't have been ideal. I could have used it as a week to come back in February to deal with it and like enjoy the summer weather. I was open to that as well. But it just happened to flow in this easeful way. And it doesn't mean that in February, if I don't feel like it, I always could come back and do it. I could just stay at an Airbnb and I won't have to deal with stuff and movers at that point. So yeah, I hope this is helpful for you in terms of things that you can do for yourself. If you're interested in this is to try to allow your inner voice to work through you rather than to decide from the mind what needs to be. That's the shift I'm working on is just following the flow of the inner voice and the guidance rather than trying to control specific details and specific outcomes. That's the big shift I'm making is to be much more open-minded, open mind, not closed-minded about what the possibilities truly are because I didn't think it was possible to get out of the lease based on the fact that I hadn't seen that clause around the fact that it's on the market. And so because it's on the market, I can get out easily with two weeks notice. I didn't think about the fact that I could take all the furniture and use it for Detroit Airbnb. Those things were not in the mind's realm of possibilities, but they have been the best possible outcomes. And if I had been so close-minded, the potential, I don't know the outcome would have been different or not, but the potential for the frustration, restriction, the resistance to things not seeming to go the way that my mind thought they would go could have potentially blocked the outcomes to unfold as they have. So it's been amazing. I love that I spent the whole weekend enjoying myself, not stressed about what was going to happen because it ended up being perfect. And had I stressed all weekend, I would have stressed for absolutely no reason at all. So thank you guys so much for listening. If you in your own situations can do the same, which is just to keep an open mind and allow, sure, core feelings like ease. If you want to focus and say, you know, I just want it to be easy, which means the mind needs to release resistance. The mind needs to release resistance. The mind needs to release resistance to all possible outcomes so that new possible outcomes the mind may never have even considered could flow your way and be even better than the mind could have imagined. Better than the mind could have imagined better than the mind could have imagined. And there you have it. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to find me on Instagram, Snapchat, or Twitter, you can find me at Jess C as in caftan lively. And for show notes for this episode, head over to JessLively.com slash Sydney Flow. 
And as for where I'm headed to next, I'm staying here in Sydney a little while longer. So I'll be here. You can feel free to follow along on Instagram to see the whereabouts and how things are unfolding. And until next week, may something wonderful happen to you today. Thank you.